ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening to this, either Philly Brooks beat all the odds and won a Mitch Martin fuck Mickey Gall. He beat Mickey Gall in a he mixed is, martial arts bout. It is crazy that we're talking about this and it hasn't happened yet. All right, what's your prediction for that fight, John? CM Punk wins. <laughs> okay. I predict... I'm an eternal optimist. Horribly knocked out. He's a 30... Let's just see. 37-year-old man. Turning 38. Like, shortly after the fight, he's turning 38. He almost has no chance. And the most fun thing about this is watching him come out on the first UFC thing where he's like, I'm going to fight, and just how he was cocky and like, yeah, I'm going to fight. It's going to be sick. And then now watching him do it, and he's like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like learning, oh, shit, I don't know how to do this at all. Because he talked about how he knew jujitsu, and now clearly that was a lie. <laughs> I think it's also it's the difference between like, I know Taekwondo because I went to a shopping mall as a child and did Taekwondo. Yeah. And... A Korean soldier who knows actual Taekwondo. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. I can shoot someone because I've played Goldeneye. I can fucking put together an AK-47 in 90 seconds flat. Yeah. It's, uh... So, CM Punk, I'm going to take Mickey Gall. Honestly, first three minutes. First three minutes, choked out. That being said, you also thought Brock Lesnar was toast. Yeah, I always err on the side of... And by the way, I'm I'm aware that it's two very different situations. Um, I think it's a very interesting time, especially because UFC and wrestling, WWE in particular, are very much sort of doing this back and forth. Conor McGregor with all those tweets of just like, fuck him, fuck him. Um, that sort of stuff. It's very interesting. It's starting to be... But that's clearly Conor McGregor being like, this is my exit plan. Like if Conor... I don't worry, I'm going to talk about Conor McGregor on this thing, but... Uh, it's, it's clear Conor McGregor knows that that's where he's headed. He's going to go to wrestling eventually. For a bit, at least. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't get acting roles, doesn't get whatever, at least he's going to do a run in the Fed as, like, whatever. But he's also super small, which is really weird. Well, I guarantee you're going to see Ronda sooner than fucking later. I think that that's how they got Brock for UFC 200. Can you see me? Can you see me now? I can see Ronda, WrestleMania 33, Shaq versus Big Show, Steph versus Ronda Rouse. That WrestleMania is going to be fucking... Before no, we what are if ta- they do this? Let's, Guys, right, I know let's we're just talking talk about, about s- something potentially. Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks wins. How fun would that be? I don't think... That's that- what you want to do, though. That's what you want to do. That's oh, what you want to do agree. to put over fucking... You know what I mean? You want to do that's exactly what you want to do is you want to put over your own person. I don't think that they're going to let Ronda You be could put legitimately in the have the women headline WrestleMania if you did that. You absolutely could. And you know what? They would be fucking so smart to do that. Cuz Ronda Rousey essentially is in hiding right now. Like for all intents and purposes social media wise, she's fucking oh, Is that I was about to look where the fuck is she? She's hanging out on a beach. She's not doing it completely destroyed her. Yeah. Just like it's going to completely destroy CM Punk. No matter what he says, he's fucked. Unless he wins. What if he wins? He's not going to win. If he wins... The guy who he's fighting has fought professionally twice. He has not fought professionally. 
Um, by the way, you're a fucking idiot. He's Ronda Rousey 37. started training two weeks ago. No, I mean, there was videos. Trust me, I'm all about wrestling in UFC. I saw videos of her training like fucking like six months ago, something like that. No, they're like, they've, they've just sort of like, there was a quiet sort of thing like Dana White has now acknowledged Ronda Rousey is back training, but will not talk about when or why. They think yeah, because he doesn't, he doesn't dictate it. It's no, like, it's like Vince being like, "Oh yeah, uh, Brock's, want- Brock's coming back this time." Like you don't dictate this. This is like no. you have a like Dana White and Vince Man are very the same, and then they have that much of a hold over their employees, quote unquote, because they're also the exact same, and that they're all subcontractors. Yeah, they, they just can only work, you know, for the like one we place. did in Canada. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you don't work for us except for you can a com- all- comedy agency. By the way, <laughs> no, <for laughs> like me. we did in Canada for. A fighting organization. For a bare-knuckle boxing organization known as the Shirtless Boys. <laughs> the fellas who want to s- the slappy punch. Yeah. Um, Stop it. Stop it. As you can that tell by nice the song. episode, we're doing... Uh, CM Punk. I think CM Punk is a very interesting wrestler because it's... CM the, Punk. It's, it's, it's a basically... I'm, I'm John. John. Oh, yeah. We haven't even done the intro. We are five minutes in. Welcome to the wrestler review. This week on the wrestler review, CM Punk. CM Punk. I think CM Punk's a very interesting wrestler in that he's essentially the tale of three wrestlers, which is mid-card, future of the company, the new like superstar Billy Graham, Bruno San Martino, man on the other side of the fence going, all of you are cunts. All of you are cunts. Yeah, but this is WWE. That's in his WWE run. There's also the like, <laughs> one year into wrestling. One year and six months in wrestling. I'm the greatest wrestler there of all ever. Time. Yeah, and then, and then Ring of Honor being like, I'm not only the I. He was the first guy on the indies I ever saw that like, he, he literally, in his own regard, held himself like he was a legend of, like a legend of independent pro. You all you needed to do was watch Ring of Honor once during uh, during like 2004, 2005, and see CM Punk and be like, oh. This guy, who is this guy? Because he just handles himself. He just handles himself completely differently. I remember the, the PWI, I remember I was picked it up in a chapters, and I was reading about it, and it was the event after Punk had left. Okay. Ring of Honor. So everyone else is still there from the original Ring of Honor peoples. Yeah. Punk was the first one to go, and all the article talked about was, we really miss CM Punk. Yeah. And that's a kayfabed go along with these scripted storylines, and even they were like, could really use some CM Punk right now. Yeah, of course, because you'll never be featured. Guys like that won't ever be featured in the way that they have that much input on it without anyone talking back. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea what you mean. He, all right, CM Punk could be like, this is my idea, and then three of his friends would be like, that's a good idea. Let's mm. talk about it. Versus now it's like, this is my idea. And then you have to go through a chain of command of people that you don't fucking know. Yeah. And frankly, might burn out in three weeks and fucking leave. Because as we've all, I'm sure everyone who listens to this will listen to podcasts with like writers from WWE. And just Vince McMahon calling up at like 8 a.m. And like, we need aprons. What? Aprons. Ryback. He's a chef now. Click. <laughs> and then just like, you know. Um, Show up with aprons. Whoa. But you had a good idea. Let's Pulp Fiction this episode. Let's start at the most... That- Interesting part, Summer of Punk. That's what I was going to say. Let's start at the Summer of Punk. Truly the last time wrestling was... The second one. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, by the way, all We're of you... smart. All of you that are just about to finger yourself, oh, are you talking about the Ring of Honor one where he wore a suit? No. Fuck you. Not where not where he looked like he was the guy from AFI's lawyer. Yeah, no, we're not talking about how he looks like Danny Havoc's accountant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Girls not gray. More like write a fucking song. Wait a minute. Do you know the lead singer of AFI's name? That's right. Oh, no. I only know it because his name's Danny Havoc. Ugh. I'm Danny Havoc. I love that guy because he dressed like a vampire I could beat up. <laughs> I like that I guy. Like, I could see myself winning a fight. Uh, here's what I will say about AFI. Very much had a sense of humor about themselves. Really? Yeah. Like, them in interviews are like, is this song really about suicide? No. What's it about? Rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. It's the opposite of The Offspring, which is when you see those guys interviewed, they're like, so this song, um, Self-Esteem, is it about self-esteem? It's about a struggle that we're not really going to get into right now. On the surface, it is. Yeah. I'm an aerospace engineer, by the way, and for some reason, the guitar player was the janitor at our high school. Let's not explore this relationship at all. Anyway. This town's now out of gel, because we're here. <laughs> we've... we've <laughs> We bought all the gel in town. And I'll tell you who else used a lot of gel on my eyebrows. in the summer of 2011. Mr. S- Charles Montgomery Punk. Anyway, so... <laughs> Chucky Punk. Uh, Chucky Punk. Summer of Punk in the Fed. That pipe bomb. Finger your fucking belly button. Finger it. Very The pipe good. bomb was crazy because I remember people asking me... Is that real? Yeah. And that was like, holy shit. That's a 30-year-old man. <laughs> Yeah, it was Brian O'Gorman. I was stood next to you, and then we walked through the park, you, me, and Rob Mayhew, yeah. and Rob Mayhew kept talking about how he had the inside dope and knew what was happening. So we're like, funny. you don't have... This happened two days ago. Yeah, but he was... That man loves his ass a message board. <laughs> that is a great point. One guy on Reddit was his bellhop and said one of those. But all right, so walk us through... I mean, everyone... If someone has is listening to this and hasn't heard of this... I can't even help. You. Yeah, I want you to but, break your phone right but, now. But uh, yeah, if you ha- if you don't know what the summer of punk is, first of all, it wasn't the summer of punk. If anything, it was. But follow us on Twitter and Instagram before that. But then eat your phone. Yeah, it was the two and a half weeks of punk, and then the fall, and then the autumn of Kevin Nash. <laughs> I'll I'll break it down very quickly. Which is how it worked in Ring of Honor too. Yeah, it was weird that Kevin Nash was in Ring of Honor. Like you don't even work here, and he's like, yeah, no, I just bought the building. WCW money. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to keep here, Kevin? My boats. <laughs> um, John Cena versus CM Punk at Money in the Bank. <coughs> but what's CM Punk doing? So it's just classic WWE. He's like, leader of the new Nexus. Yeah, they have the new Nexus, which is something that no no one even remembers the Nexus. So he's the leader of no, the no, new Nexus. No, no, everyone remembers the Nexus as when, the time when it was the craziest Super Cena. Yeah, but they did that one great angle where the Nexus took over and just destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. And we're taking then, over. And then completely fucked up that angle. Yeah, because they literally John Cena was Superman. Yeah. And so Punk Attack Cena, general, like, oh, you laid the guy out before the before the big match. He goes on, shoots from the hip. It's pretty it's a it's a great promo. What was basically happening is up until that year, uh, the entire Fed run for CM Punk was basically like, we need to break you out of the mid card. We'll give you money in the bank. Ah, you're gonna get kicked in the head by Randy Orton, and now you're no longer the champion. But I'm not actually hurt. Uh, ah, whatever. Straight Edge Society, which was fucking great. 
Mm-hmm. Great heel faction. Effectively ignored we're on We're all going to go we're going to go all over this later in more detail though. I, I agree. So it's it's all building to this guy who's just fed up and is ready to leave the company. And then it's they Michael Hayes claims he came up with the idea, CM Punk claims he came up with the idea of disgruntled employee walks out with the belt. So they do that. He cuts a promo and says at Money in the Bank, my contract's up that night, which it actually was. That it was apparently that was absolutely true. I'm going to take the belt from this company and fuck off. They're doing it in his hometown. No one thinks he's actually going to win. And I know this because we actually fucking watched it at Comedy Bar. Do you remember? Yes. We watched it at Comedy Bar and none of us thought it was going to fucking happen. And then it fucking did. And the, one of the great old school, that is a WWE interference finish. It's great. You don't see it coming when it happens, and it's over like that, and the entire story is told, and Vince McMahon is just staring at CM Punk in the crowd, blows him a kiss, fucks off. Now, what we all believe he should have done is not come back for like six weeks. But they needed something for SummerSlam. But they needed something for SummerSlam and forgot about Like, either they didn't have this plan... It's just the thing where they need to do something all the time, right? Yeah, but I, I agree. but the way all right, the way the way uh, so what happens afterwards is he comes back. Well, no. First of all, Vince McMahon says we're not to talk about what happened last night. Didn't happen. He said he's going to fire John Cena if he loses. He doesn't fire John Cena, so that's your first problem. Yeah, and then they and then they have a tournament. John Cena wins the title. They don't talk about Punk at all. Um, which is good. No, Whatever. no, that's not. No, Rey Mysterio wins the title inexplicably. Oh yeah, and then John Cena wins it the next week. Yeah, and then Cult of Personality plays. Yeah, and CM Punk just comes back. Yeah, comes out, holds up the title. John holds up his title. Blah blah blah. Then you get into the Kevin Nash thing, where he, him, and Kevin Nash are trading insults back. And Kevin forth. Nash. Kevin Nash. No, Triple that's not, H beats him. That's not what happens at all. No, Triple H beats him on like a million pay-per-views. No, that's again, you're absolutely fucking up the order. Okay. Then it's SummerSlam. SummerSlam is the rematch to unify both belts, which mm-hmm. Punk wins. Mm-hmm. Then Kevin Nash comes out of the crowd, power bombs him for no explicable reason. And um fucking uh what's his tell uh oh Del, Del Rio mm-hmm. wins the belt. Then they were supposed to go into a program with Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash can't work with writers because he just won't learn the lines, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're supposed to have a blow-off program. They then just sort of make it seem like, oh, Triple H didn't tell him to do it. But as it turns out, Triple H did tell him to do it. Triple H and Punk have a match, which Triple H wins. Somehow Punk still gets a shot at Del Rio at Survivor Series because at this point... They spiked with ratings, had some of the highest ratings for Raw they've had in 10 years that summer, mm-hmm. and it dropped to what was the lowest up until currently the lowest mm-hmm. um, the end of Survivor Series and put the belt back on him, and everyone sort of thinks that that was basically they're like, oh, we fucked that up, but remember, you work for us now. Ugh. Yeah, I'm just reading it now, so... <laughs> It was an absolute disgrace. It all he meant- loses to Punk twice, or sorry, Triple H loses. Triple H beats Punk twice, and then he never gets his revenge on Triple H because Punk just goes 
to John Laurinaitis because he can't beat Triple H. So basically what they did was they built this guy, or he built himself, yeah. whatever, in basically two weeks. Yeah. Within two weeks, he built himself up, and then they just like never had him go over anybody ever again until... And then they switch him heel. But, and even that was kind of all right, but he wasn't that... And then they switch him heel, and then is the shield working for him? And then The Rock beats him at the Royal Rumble... And that's another thing, too. You could tell a mile away. When they start talking about length of title reign, it's TikTok, right? So you could tell they were just going to throw everything away for him to lose to The Rock. What they should have done, what I long held is they have that match. Cena interferes. Cost, like That's how you set up the fucking WrestleMania match is you cost The Rock the belt. Uh, at Royal Rumble, C- Cena does it as a tweener. Punk is still the major heel, and you put them in a fucking triple threat at that WrestleMania. So then, no one's going once in a lifetime. Supposed to be once in a lifetime. Where it's like, no, it's now twice in a lifetime. But here's how we do it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack, but like the whole the summer of Punk thing is. Is Anytime the- I've listened to a podcast about that pay-per-view or that era, I've always had to like turn it off because it gets too real because like I was so close to like loving wrestling again. We were all so close. We that were was so close. And then triple then then Triple H Triple H did. It was like just like he's gonna do oh, sounds awful. Just like they're gonna do with Kevin Owens. It's a guy with no, no. basically the same skill set not, as CM not Punk. Do, not going to do. Currently doing based on the fact that they had Triple H interfere and let him win. It's kind of like if you, your kid wants chocolate cake. It's all I ever want. And then you hand him the chocolate cake, but you put a bunch of salt in it. You're what? Like, it's, Why would you put see, salt in the chocolate cake? Exactly, John. Exactly. That's a bad idea. But like idea. everyone was pretty close to like liking wrestling again. And then they essentially just didn't let that happen for whatever reason. And part of it, like listening to interviews with the guy and kind of like listening to the interviews with other people, I kind of get because like the guy is seems like just like a piece of shit. <laughs> Sometimes. Like, a guy who's that combative all the time as your champion, a guy who, like, this is how things are going to go. But I think you also, you tra- they trained up, okay, let's go, I'm, I know about his fed run just from watching it and listening to it and loving him. His fed run is essentially that anytime he tries to go along with what they're doing, they fuck him. Yeah. And then anytime he just, he motherfucks him and goes, no, here's what we're doing, it actually works out for the best. And suddenly they have to obey and it works out and it's interesting and it's good yeah and yeah okay well then let's we started with the second summer of punk so let's go back to uh the numero man- uno the man no but the man gets a start in iwa mid-south or no he gets a start as a in a backyard wrestling league uh that him and his brother i do love that there's now wrestlers that just got their start in a backyard wrestling league. <laughs> but him and his brother made a backyard wrestling league. Apparently it went really well. Um, but his brother steals a bunch of money. This is all in the documentary. Uh, yeah. WWE the- produced. 
And it is basically weird. he just separates from his family immediately. And there's also a little tidbit in that documentary that will kind of tip you off to why I think that he's going to lose um, on Saturday or Sunday morning if you're in the UK is because they talk about how him and Cabana like trained together yeah. and Cabana got everything really quickly because like he's an ex-college football player and just athletic and Punk kind of had two left feet but like immediately was an amazing promo. So he has that self-belief and like that thing that you need to be a pro wrestler where it's just like Almost like delusion that becomes truth. Yeah, like, why are you going to win this match? Because I'm the best. reminds me a lot of Ric Flair in that Ric Flair doesn't seem like the most athletic guy. He just believes. Yeah, well, Ric Flair's also, believed that he's he a good. secretly good athlete. And yeah. I, again, the weird thing about wrestling is a lot of pro wrestlers aren't actual athletes, really. Like, most of them only like pro wrestling and never would watch a football game or something like that. CM Punk definitely included. Um, I think that I think CM Punk's big advantage as a pro wrestler, his promo was amazing, and he also very much his personality lends itself well um, to just like being a heel. Lends itself well, but lends itself particularly with like a pro wrestling heel or pro wrestling face of like I'm the best. Like and he he knows how to be a cocky son of a bitch, as you said at the beginning of this podcast. From the minute you start watching him, even as an indie wrestler in those terrible board shorts, which I'm looking at right now. <laughs> oh yeah, the fucking I bought these from a, an Adidas outlet store. Yeah, shorts. But yeah, so he goes to IWA Mid South. That's where he has the matches with Chris Hero, uh, who also. Who I think is more, far more criminally underrated than any wrestler ever. You love Chris Hero. I think Chris Hero is fucking fantastic. I don't know why he got ousted from the Fed, other than basically he looks kind of like he's base is less in shape. Edge, as far as his look goes. Yeah. And they've almost had too many people with that look. Because if you remember when. Edge Edge was like, I want to be pushed, I want to be pushed, and so was Jericho. And it's because basically they all look like like Edge is a thinner Triple H and Jericho's shorter Triple H. Like hair wise, you know what I mean? Like they both they all had the long blonde hair with like the chin strap or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly Chris Hero. Yeah, they all look like they could work in some capacity for Nickelback. <laughs> but I would allege What do you do for Nickelback? Uh I carry the bass drum and I'm also the accountant. But I would allege that I think I think Chris Hero is one of the best promos of the last 10 years, and I don't think that anyone really paid attention to it. But anyway, as this match with Chris Hero, they both get over. Congratulations. He goes to a ring of honor. And that's when he does the Second City Saints. Oh, the Second City Saints. I keep meaning to buy that T-shirt. Him and C.M. Pink and Cole Cabana. And it's a great, like, uh, like um... It's a great, like, oddball tag team because Cabana's, like, they're both heels, but Cabana's, like, more annoying uh, versus Punk being, like, doom and gloom. He feuds with Raven. That's a very important feud because that's the first time he does. Because a lot of the stuff that really hit in the Fed was stuff he reworked from the indies. And that is another one. Because that's the Matt Hardy feud, basically, is the... The Jeff Hardy, yeah. Yeah, the Jeff Hardy feud. I'm sorry, Dylan. 
Like it's a pretty set in stone feud. Like Raven, you're a pillhead. I'm straight edge. I'm better than first of all. But how also dare he accuse Raven of being a pillhead when clearly he's doing far more than that. <laughs> Do you ever hear the Raven interview where he talks about how when he came back to ECW, they did this interview at Jim Morrison's grave, and it's like Raven interview him watching his own interview and he's just like yeah i wore those leather pants for like three months so comfy <laughs> i was like jesus christ there's a man there's a man who loved himself some proscription peels um <laughs> did you ever watch any of this did you ever watch the punk raven feud none it's really good here's the thing with ring of honor i get really bummed out watching indie wrestling at a certain point because i'm like some of you guys are just not gonna make it yeah, but it's why I act making it in their own mind. It's a kind of like why I think NXT is very appealing for people like me, which is like I literally would read about it all, but I couldn't watch it because I'm just like this is like even seeing Raven in TNA, it's like oh oh no. I don't know, man. I think NXT is kind of sad because it's like the WWE successfully basically taking over independent wrestling. Yeah, and taking top fucking draws like. Bobby Roode Samoa Joe is great. Bobby Roode's great on NXT and I think like obviously he should just be on the main roster, but Bobby Roode versus Samoa Joe at an indie sells out the building and then you get a bunch of people. Learning. Yeah, but I think it's also okay, we're going into two different things, but it actually does really back to CM Punk, which I think we are once Vince McMahon dies in anywhere between 20 minutes and 10 years. Yeah. You are going to see a much more return to what the Ring of Honor did 10 years ago. Oh, that's what it is. Sort of a much more drawn-out way of how revolutionary Ring of Honor will will be will be what ECW was to the Attitude Era. I like how we're both picking our belly buttons in unison. Mm. What do you mean? In that ECW triggered the Attitude Era for the WWF essentially. Yeah, huh? Because of the WWE being the only game in town, it's taken a lot longer for how interesting Ring of Honor was, which is a return to making wrestling as realistic a sport, quote-unquote, as possible, um, for that effect to be felt by the Fed. It's now slowly being felt in that how NXT is being marketed and how those matches are being structured in how the fucking Seth Rollins, Finn Balor main event for the Universal title was put together. And then it's a much more of a like a few high spots, but we're really attempting to sell this as an actual wrestling match. The fact that in that match, the com- <coughs> the commentators were able to speak. And why that all relates back to CM Punk is many of CM Punk's issues once he left the Fed and also within the Fed, which was they were moving away from being wrestlers and more being these glorified performers, like these sort of like escapade actors. And I think it's going to go back to being much more about wrestling directly because of all the people who came through the Ring of Honor factory, be it Seth Rollins, be it CM Punk, all those Well, you guys. can see that it is. Like, if Punk was around now... I think it would just be generally because that's the thing. The, the the reason CM Punk never got the fucking brass ring or whatever is because John Cena was always around. John Cena's not around anymore. You look at Cena is the biggest dude in the company. Like they're basically solidified. This is our dude for the next X amount of years when Punk comes into ECW. Yeah. So you've got the franchise player. So you need the like heel. You need heels around them that they're exactly. building up and Edge. Yeah, exactly. And then Edge gets injured and they're like, okay, we'll slide Punk into being the new Edge. But CM Punk is too charismatic. Like he's 
I think Edge is overrated. Like I like Edge, but I think he's overrated. He's a be- the problem with Edge. Fuck. He was Sorry pretty wooden. That. He was very wooden, and just in a way, CM Punk isn't, in a way, John Cena isn't. He's also ver- very- but the thing with Edge is Edge is actually a very for someone who's gone into acting, very bad actor. Yeah. He's he delivers promos like Randy Orton does. It's, they're very wooden. They're very. This line comes half this now. Like it's very when you scripted, when they scripted, it's just very. I just wanted to let you know plain. that I'm, I'm around. I'm here. <laughs> so basically, you. Uh, you get the Punk Raven feud. This is during his time in TNA as well, which we can pretty much skip over. But he was in a tag team, uh, off and on, called the Second City Saints. And it's crazy that TNA had everyone. <laughs> TNA had everyone at one point. Oh yeah, well TNA was TNA, much like WCW, had a moment where it's like, oh, if you just held on, if you just fucking held on to, the, they wouldn't have had yeah, anyone. But yeah, they wouldn't have had anyone. But also TNA is like not, uh, not even as together as WCW. No, was. not even close. And also, yeah, it never would have worked. But st- you know what I'm saying? Like they had CM Punk. Uh, they didn't have everyone, everyone. Well, they didn't have CM Punk and Macho Man Randy Savage when he was bald. <laughs> All right, here's what they had. They had Here's the people they had. Punk. Styles. Styles. Samoa Joe. Yep. My pussy. Uh, uh. Punk, Styles, Samoa Joe. Uh, Daniel Bryan for a minute. Um, oh, yeah. They had everybody because they had that working relationship with ROH. And then that cuts off and they make people decide. TNA or ROH. And that's why they ROH loses AJ Styles. And uh, they lose AJ Styles. They lose Christopher Daniels. That uh, opens the door for them losing Samoa Joe, but they don't do that yet. They don't do it yet, but they do uh, first summer Punk. This is where Punk really, really makes his name. This is the this is where CM Punk becomes like an undeniable talent is when you can tell he's great. But then they start putting him in the main event feuds, and Samoa Joe at this time is like uh, wrestling's only like two year champion. They put him in hour long draws, him and Punk, which are, I mean, I already knew what happened. For me, spoilers matter. I'm going to throw that out there. If I know who wins something, then it takes a lot out of it for me. Wow, that's interesting. Because I want to not know what's happening next. See, for me, I I actually, if I know who's, I can enjoy a match almost more. If I don't know who's... Are you taking a photo of my sweet belly? You're taking a photo of your dick. What were you saying? Um, I actually enjoy it uh, as much if I know how it's going to end because then I can be like, all right, how the fuck do they get from here to there? Oh, that's how they do it. It's also more modern wrestling, not great to know the ending, but really cool technical wrestling, especially like any... Samoa Joe in his prime, I'm totally fine knowing how it ends because you're still going to be like, well, didn't see that coming even a bit. Yeah. And the fact that Samoa Joe really is an exact return to what you were talking about, which is, I beat the fucking shit out of people. You get kicked in your goddamn fucking head. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Here's what happens when you mess with me. I kick you in your face. I go eat some ribs. People say you look fat. I say it's all muscle and also an extension of my penis. And they're <laughs> like, what? I fuck them. Well, that's the thing. That was the brilliant thing about Joe, which we'll talk about in our very own Mojo episode, not coming up soon. Yeah, um, which well, we will he, never do. He could wrestle a style that played into punks very well into punk because he was basically he's a big guy who could wrestle a cruiserweight style. This, these matches, I will say, just because I'm assuming the first one was when this is going to end. 
And when it goes to a 60-minute draw there, holy shit, they did 60 fucking minutes. That's yeah. crazy. Especially this I'm is assuming minutes. that's why it's so good because I've watched it. And I'm like, that's good. But it's like, I know it goes an hour. You know what I mean? So I don't. Can you also make the point that it goes an hour, but it's also, this was not a time of, this is not a high point. This is 2000 and what, four, yeah. three? So we're still very much in the attitude era, guys. Like This is the ruthless aggression era. Like, yeah, uh, Triple H had done fucked Katie Vick. You know what I mean? Y'all be fucking longing for some sweet, sweet fucking uh, Katie Vick fucking based on some of the idiocy that goes on at this point in time yeah but at this time in roh they're doing joe versus punk 2 which i believe gets another 60 minutes and then they do a third match the joe wins in like 48 minutes but that makes cm punk like the understanding is like ring of honor is booked like a territory obviously at this point because it essentially is just a a big territory now so what they do is they bring people in Samoa Joe beats the goddamn shit out of them. Um, at this point, uh, this is when he starts getting his tryout matches and stuff, and he never really wins the title until, of course, uh, he's about to he's leave. About to leave. <gasps> and it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> you know who he lost the title to? Austin Aries. No, Jamie Noble. What? Yeah. You don't. You didn't watch Ring of Honor. They brought in Jamie Noble as like a I don't give a shit redneck, and his trunks were just had the John Deere logo on them. He was like, I'm gonna kick some fucking ass. My name is James Gibson. It's not Jamie Noble, because this is like in Ring of Honor. They were just like, here's the thing. You now have a submission finisher. They brought in Matt Hardy and gave him a submission finisher. Really. Fascinating. Oh, this he, is, this but he was known as Jamie Gibson in ROH. James Gibson. Um, yeah, and this is also you can see Punk becoming way more uh, of a finished product because now he's like by the time he becomes way sleeker, like he's adopted trunks and the kick pads. Yeah, and he stopped. Uh, he stopped. Obviously, he doesn't have the Kmart shorts anymore. Or the like streaked hair. Um, he's still fat. He's not as fat as he was though. No, but he gets super fat in the Fed for a bit. Yeah, but that's because like he's trying to become like the Fed star type guy, right? Yeah, he's trying to like bulk up and then realizes he can't do that. This also goes to why he may lose on fucking he is a, a vegan and I'm aware you can still train with no edible products, but it may just be different muscle... Con- like, I don't fucking know. Oh, no. The vegan thing is... That's really overblown. Is, uh... Yeah. The vegan... Ev- there's a bunch of fighters who are vegans and stuff. So, that's fine. I just think that, like... He's just a beat-up old man. Is why he's gonna lose. But... So, uh... Basically, Punk has those two-hour-long matches. That's where he really makes his name with Samoa Joe. Punk has those two hour-long matches with Samoa Joe. Uh, he's the, like, 1A guy who never gets the title, so he positions himself like Roddy Piper. You can tell the guy loves Roddy Piper. And uh, then he finally wins the title, uh, does the whole Summer of Punk thing, which is a really great angle because they did legitimately hide everything. It's the exact same fucking angle. That's what I mean. 
We're going to talk about after the break. We're going to talk about the when he redoes basically the. Before we angle. go to the break, we are going to talk about his de- debut, and we're talking about something that's very significant before we go into the break. So keep going with your thing. So don't head into the break after this. Finish okay, your well, point. Okay, well we still got to talk about OVW. Oh, I know. Oh, we still have to talk about. Okay, let's talk about all that, and then we'll do all Fed leading to the summer of the punk on the other half, and quite possibly do the longest episode we've ever done. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, he gets into uh, Ohio Valley um, where he's with. It's very weird. He Because uh, he's tail end of the fucking golden years of OVW. Been, a couple of, been about a month since I've had to do that. He is the very tail end. He's the he's the he's the la- and evidently n- didn't really like being there. Not really well liked. Really? Why? Jim Cornette. Because I was. Jim Cornette was just passing along with Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman was taking over down there, I believe. If I have my Smarky timeline correct, and I believe I do, that's where him and Paul Heyman met for the first time, because Paul Heyman was sent down there as punishment and had to work with Jim Cornette, because, you know, it's a publicly traded company, so they will promote you and make business decisions purely based on, like, oh, we know that he'll hate this. Let's send him to (laughs) Kentucky. Um... And Paul Heyman really liked him, but the other OVW guys just, they weren't really into it. Also, OVW had just had a stellar class, and then CM Punk is such a different style of wrestler, too. Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, John Dave Benjamin. Batista, Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. That other guy that was with Shelton Benjamin in the uh, Team Angle team. That, that was like the OVW, that class. Charlie Haas. Yeah, the Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin, Lesnar. Uh, Cena. Those are the last class of like Jim Ross. what Vince McMahon wants as a pro wrestler, though. Yeah, and yeah, it is to Jim Ross. Like Jim Ross basically recruiting from. But also the other thing drags. is, it's well. The other thing is that's one of the last. That's one of the last times you could recruit at the college ranks because the UFC isn't big yet. It's like oh, I didn't even fucking think of that. Of course, yeah, they can't recruit from college. Like that's what re- the thing is. CM Punk is very important in this way as well. Is he's the line in the sand that you can't recruit actual athletes anymore. You can't recruit athletes because athletes they don't want to work that. I don't know if it's don't want to work that. Wrestling is really rigorous as far as travel goes, and it sounds weird, but I'm sure these dudes would way rather actually lose a fight or actually win a fight than and stay and have a fucking family and whatever it's also and make probably half as much money if not less it's also in a lot of people view wrestling as being embarrassing it's still yeah, exactly yeah carny low rung it's still comedy stripping wrestling cooking are yeah. the low rung unloved art forms of of america yeah what do you do i'm a cook you mean you're a fucking bitch you're a bitch. Cook my um, dick. I think that's also what's important is that his style never really was a fed style. His look was never a fed look. He really likes Roddy Piper. And similar to Piper, it's... But they had to use Piper. They had to use Piper. But also Piper, if you go back and look, Piper also made it so they couldn't do anything but use him because Piper was so hated in that territory at that time. In a similar way of Punk became such a part of the tapestry of the fed they had to eventually include him but they kept trying to fuck with him and put him back down in a way they, they couldn't do to piper because it was just a different company 
the reason why Piper started Piper's Pit, he talks about this in a shooter interview, which is very fascinating, which was he was experimenting with a new way of getting over. Because he's like, the old, the way I used to get over in every territory was I would just go in, I'd say something crazy, and then I'd do 10 crazy things to someone, and then they'd all want my blood. And he was like, I, I didn't want to do that anymore because I was, I was getting beaten up and it was getting dangerous. And so I was trying to just see if I could talk my way into people hating me. Which is why they started Piper's Pit and they just put him with job guys for a little bit. Then he does the Jimmy Snuka thing and he's fucking boom away. Similar thing to Punk in that if you actually look at it, Punk is not physically that blessed of a wrestler. But he talks them in the building and then has a style that all of his little high spots look really cool and interesting. And his style is different than anyone else really that he ever fought with the exception of maybe uh, Hardy, Bobardi, Banana Fan of Fofardi that he looks really unique and he's a different straw to stir the drink. Here's the weird thing about CM Punk, though, that I will say. CM Punk is a lot like a guy, like his in-ring style, is a lot like a, and it's going to sound, people are going to hate this, is a lot like a guy, he's the alpha version of a guy like, and I'd say, I'd say the alpha is CM Punk, and then you have, all right, your gold medal is CM Punk, then your silver medal is Jeff Hardy, and your bronze medal is the Sandman, of people who could do flips barely like cm punk i can think on i can count on one hand the, t- the spots i've I seen, abso- seen him fuck I up. absolutely agree but like every single time he would land that knee to a bulldog i'd be like well this is the time he just hits the guy in the chest doesn't it absolutely agree i i think it's it's one of those things where it's he got so much out of a not at like he's just not that coordinated yeah, he's it's it's not sloppy. He just knows his limitations and works within them. Like the the fucking go to sleep is a bag of shit move, but it looks. I love the go to sleep. Now fuck yourself. He just can't do it. Like it's a strike. They're basically doing a strike finisher, but he can't do what like the guy who took the move from Kenta in Japan. It's Japan, so we can just fucking knee the guy as hard as he wants in the fucking head. Yeah, and then if he dies, he dies. Yeah, bury him in the ring, pee, pee on his grave. Um, but Punk can't do that, so he has to do the little, like, oh, he jumped and he fell, and now he's falling over. But there's some go-to-sleep. The Cena Money in the Bank one looks fucking great. Um, so basically, yeah, in OBW, he is there for two years. Uh, he obviously wins the uh, world title. When I watched his OVW stuff, it really honestly did, like, Punk lost a lot of steam. Because I feel like if they would have just brought him right up like they should have, instead of doing what they're doing here, which is like trying to reprogram a guy. Because I remember this is when I got really heavy back into wrestling. And all you would really hear about is CM Punk. And then Samoa Joe steals a lot of his thunder because that's when TNA just brings in Samoa Joe. They go on Spike TV and they're like, this is our dude. And he's just beating the fucking shit out of people. And that was also... Whereas Punk is like, like, he's losing to fucking Brent Albright. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's also a massive advantage of um, the competition that TNA also could put Samoa Joe with Styles and Daniels and they could just start doing all sorts of crazy nonsense, which they couldn't do in the Fed. I agree putting him in OVW was a mistake. I also think that um, they didn't have anyone to put Punk with where it would be an impactful match but wouldn't be a title match. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because the the wrestling is now like society is, man. There's no middle class. Ho ho. 
take but that. But it's again a very, but especially at that point, yeah, like there's no mid card anymore. The mid card was essentially all ECW that everyone was like, why is this still on? <laughs> and also, Punk was heavily backed by Paul Heyman, who basically left within a few months. Like he was trying to build ECW around CM Punk, and they were like, ah, no. Yeah. How December to December, the Elimination Chamber, the fight apparently was, it was supposed to be Lashley winning, but Punk was supposed to go, was supposed to Iron Man and be throughout the entire thing, and that's who Lashley would beat at the end. Sorry, I was reading about CM Punk and OVW, which is, do you know he beat the Miz? <laughs> um, oh yeah, that that would his class would have been the fucking Miz, Miz Shad Kennedy, Mister Kennedy. What a weird, like the Miz is still on TV. Ken Kennedy is obviously perso- as persona non grata as CM Punk, which is bizarre. Yeah. Like, one guy did steroids. The other guy literally accused them of trying to kill him via a staph infection. But that's the thing, though. Mr. Kennedy is like a guy who, as far as you're looking at both those guys, Mr. Kennedy is a guy, he doesn't have the fan base CM Punk does, but he's a guy who'll go along to get along. And you can make a guy a fan base in the Fed. All it takes is like, honestly... People have a buzz of being a great wrestler if they do a good job for three months in a row now. Yeah. All it takes is three months and people are like, that guy's good. Kevin Owens is not that good. And yes, I I don't think so. He is spectacular. He's really fat. That's what's great. They don't highlight how fat he is enough. I'll throw that out there. No. I, I think that... I think Kevin... And it's just the way you have to book like a guy like CM Punk you or gotta, a guy like Kevin Owens is just something they don't want to do, which is like... Hey, fat guy, or hey, skinny fat guy. This guy's a badass. Now we could fight. Like that's yeah. how you have to book. You got to book like him that. like Dusty Rhodes, basically, which is like yeah. he's going to talk a lot of nonsense that sounds awesome. Yeah, and, and then, then punch so many people in the face. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So you want to talk about his Fed debut? I think that we need to take a break because we are forty-six minutes into the first half of this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's go take a break. And uh, enter each other. We'll fill each other with cum. Hello, this is Dylan God and John Hastings. And sorry to interrupt Dylan God and John Hastings from talking about wrestling. But right now, we need to ask you to rate, subscribe, and review the Wrestler Review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We do this podcast for free. We have we've been so lazy we haven't even set up one of those PayPal things. Not only that, we won't set up PayPal things because wrestling fans have integrity and no money and no money. No fucking mm-hmm. money. But what we do have is uh, existence on this plane. So please let us know that you're out there. Email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com. Like us on Twitter, the Wrestler Review. Follow us on Instagram. At Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. CM Punk Very comes good. into ECW uh, as Paul Heyman's like protege, like the guy. And this is one thing that is the pointed out. He's the only dude who they br- could have brought in who people would have got behind as like, okay, this guy is ECW. Yeah. Which is bizarre <laughs> because every character in ECW is like, this guy drinks a lot and he hit a woman just now. The Sandman. Wait, no, that's just the Sandman. Yeah. Because Tom Punk d- is essentially, and I hope I don't, essentially CM Punk is Roddy Roddy Raven. That's, that's what he exactly is. what he is. He's Rowdy Roddy Raven. Like... He's ornery like like a piper, but he's yeah. basically just another guy in the lineage of Jake the Snake Roberts who you come out, you 
you're fast in spurts during the match, but you move super slow, that type of thing. It's but he kind of dr- wrestles like a hybrid again, I, style. We've said it about 50 times. Allow me to say it the 51st time. He's old school in that he's talking them into the building and then wrestling in a way that it looks like it's really good. You break it down and it's it's fine. And that's very much the ECW style. It's also the idea that ECW at that time needed new established stars because they were essentially like every week was, hey, uh, it's Tommy Dreamer. Except now he's like 40 and can't really see. So, <laughs> Well, plus what they also did with Tommy Dreamer was they made him wear bigger pants. <laughs> yeah. I don't they, they have worsened everyone's attire very much. And the other thing, ECW, they needed to speed up. I mean, there's a lot of problems with WWE, ECW, but what they were up against was essentially they lost a lot of the charm and a lot of the gloss that you could have on ECW because Sandman is coming in without Enter Sandman. You can't hire Sabu. You can't hire fucking New Jack. Well, they oh, tried to hire Sabu. They did. They tried to hire. No, they. No, sorry. They did have Sabu, which is great. And he had one of the song, the only songs that was an ECW song. But you're coming in with all these dudes who, like, Sandman is not going to survive without that entrance, without that theme song. That's all he had. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the rest of them, like you said, are fucking, like, uh, they're, they're bananas that are goddamn brown, baby. So you need to bring in all these guys, and Punk is the only guy you can bring in who has that crazy like authenticity and indie like fan base what the fed should have done if they wanted ecw to succeed was just bring in half the roh roster and bring in half of ovw yeah and then half of ovw and then basically without saying it you do like ovw versus roh angle where it's like we're this is wrestling it's slick no it's gritty and what they could have done is yolo 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 that ecw could have nxt could be just ecw now like that's what they could have done they w- didn't need to rebrand it. If they would have just stepped, stayed with it and then just like, it's ECW. But ECW even, I don't know, that's why it's stupid to bring it back. Because it's like, even just those initials, you can't. Well, because they needed to do something. They wanted to have a third brand. They wanted to have more television revenue because they were getting money off of it. And they also, ECW fucking made a shit ton of money. Yeah, I with understand that DVD why they- And that, fir- that first pay-per-view... They never released how many views it got. Now, no one thinks it got as many as WrestleMania, but they do think that it got a lot more than they want to admit. And they realized that that was a thing that a lot of people watched. And I genuinely was super excited. Isn't I wanted that so to s- weird to own a business and be mad that you've bought another business and it's doing well? That's the thing. But the thing with that is... It's so weird, man. But they, did, they knew that you couldn't... What people wanted was ECW 1995. You wanted Shane Douglas, like that's what what I want is I want Shane Douglas, Terry Funk, Sabu, Cactus Jack. It's not that you want people to call each other like faggots. Like that's that's I, what the ECW fan wants. Here's the gritty little secret about ECW: it gets worse and worse with each passing year. Because here's a feud in ECW. Hey John, you wore pink. What are you gay? No, gay is bad. Whole crowd applauds. Let's fuck this gay guy. Whole crowd fucks guy. Yeah, well. He has a wife. Ripper pussy off. Yeah, I was about fuck to say. Fuck it with your dick. The problem with ECW also is that as They would chant whore throughout a match. At a man for not fucking a woman. Who they would chant whore. Clearly like, had all, AIDS. Here are, here's a every woman's gimmick in ECW. 
whore. <laughs> whore. Bitch. Whore. Yeah. You don't show your tits, you're a whore. You do show your tits, you're, you're a whore. You're a slut. You're a whore. That's... Yeah. So they bring it back, and CM Punk started out so well. He's uh he's an MMA guy, which, whatever. Okay. That's nice. And then one glaring issue with how he started. Let's talk about it. The weird turning of the wrists thing was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? I hate that. That's a actual homage to like one of the best fighters of all time, though. That guy's a pussy, and I could beat him right now. All right. You Google a picture of Vanderlei Silva. And then decide. Oh, Vanderlei, as in the oh, family yeah. from Billy Madison. Oh no, wait, that's no, wait. Also you bad. can't even say Vanderlei because it's he's Brazilian, so it's va- it's Wanderlei. <laughs> he's Vanderlei. W W A N D L E R D E I. This guy is not a man. Uh, so he anyway. Oh, the nicknamed the Axe Murderer or Curacho Luchu. Ooh, but so basically, he does an homage to all these MMA guys, which is fine. Um. And he beats. And the one thing I really liked is he Shannon Moore was the punk. Shannon Moore on SmackDown, they brought him down to ECW, and CM Punk beat him in three matches. But more so, uh, Shannon Moore comes down. CM Punk first thing he does is slap him in the face and call him a poser. And oh it's, yeah! And it's one of the guy. It's one of the only guys that Punk towers over. So he's so much bigger than this dude, and just beats the shit out of him. After that, that's when it. That's when, I think after that is when Paul the December to Dismember thing and Paul Heyman gets kind of ousted well, from the Paul, company. Paul Heyman gets ousted forever. Um, because yeah, he goes right into he goes right into a feud with Mike Knox. Yeah, that's right. Mike Knox goes into a feud with a guy who's there to set up the ring. The guy who basically had a room in his house called HGH. Uh, which one was Mike Knox? Was Mike, Mike no- Knox was just like he was another one of those big dudes. He was like the guy they brought in after Snitsky, who like also had a huge beard and whatever. Oh, so yeah. yeah, this is it. So basically, uh, yeah, Punk goes over strong on Mike Knox. Oh, Mike too. Knox is the guy that I keep thinking is fucking. Um, he's yeah, Braun he's, Strowman. He's an eighty-three in a bunch of WWE video games. I'm sure. 80, um, so Punk defeats Knox. But then they go into the elimination chamber, uh, and that's when that night is when Paul Heyman quits, and this is uh, the actually, beginning of the end for CM Punk too. Inc- but it's, it's to be correct, actually, uh, Punk. Uh, and this is another uh, important uh, moment. Uh, Paul Heyman quit on the airplane ride to the building and then flew home. Uh, uh, oh, are you doing another Cartman impression? No. No, I'm only doing a different Cartman impression because that impression was on a different episode that will not air for a while, you fucking idiot. For one week, Luthaz, everybody. Uh, so Punk then goes to uh, Survivor Series and uh, he teamed with DX and the Hardly Boys. Um, and this is very important, too, because this is a Survivor Series in Chicago where DX comes out and... It's cast as this, and I must admit, I didn't watch this before the podcast, but legitimately DX is being cheered, and they think, oh, we're fuck, we're over. But then it's revealed, no, they're here for fucking CM Punk. Yeah. Because another smart thing Punk does that a lot of people don't do is he basically branded himself as, I am from Chicago. 
Yeah. Chicago-made punk. CM Punk could be wrestling's Drake. Yeah. I'm from Toronto. I am from Toronto. I'm from Chicago. Anyway, so they they cheer for punk, and this is like, you can, I don't know. I don't want to be this guy, but it's just like, you just feel Triple H be like, well, this guy's this guy's too over, isn't he? And then they just start jobbing him out. Like, what's interesting is they job him out and then give him money in the bank. Give him a title, fuck him over. Yeah, but it's this weird thing where they want to show you you're wrong. They want to show the fans that they're, they're wrong. They're like a bad girlfriend. Oh, you wanted this? Well, now you have it. Doesn't it suck? I haven't had a chance to enjoy it yet. It sucks. Yeah, it's because you're bad because that's bad. No. Like what I like or else, right? Because And then immediately the next thing, the Elimination Chamber for December to his member, he was in the Elimination Chamber and was the first person eliminated. Like the first person. And that's after like, you basically have pushed this guy strong. It's starting to work. And now fuck you, you're out. Like, have him be, like, at least in the last three. Something he can write home about, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but, the, again, it's also, he goes against, he's going against look. He's going against style. And also at a time when it was the most. Who the, is the, the first person to beat CM Punk in uh, ECW? I'm going to say it's Elijah Burke. Hardcore Holly. Oh. See? So immediately they fuck him over. And then he feuds with Matt Stryker. Yeah, this is this is hard to read because I kept getting so mad at this. It's just, but what again? I will go back because to he forever. Also, in the ECW, he doesn't. He does. They do the same thing with the OVW thing where they won't give him the title for the longest time, and then the, the and he keeps losing to John fucking Morrison. Yeah. Well, John Morrison went on to have an he equally important career. He lost clean to Chavo Guerrero post hair plugs like three times. You mean he lost? To Chavo Guerrero in 1992? <laughs> he he lost to Chavo Guerrero a bunch. Oh, absolutely. Like, they were just jobbing this dude out. And this is another t- this is another time when people don't lose to people clean. This is... Everyone talks about how shitty wrestling is now, and it's... Fuck, it's, an, it's frustrating now, but at right least... Now, right now, I think wrestling's like this. I think it's like... They're too afraid of everything now. Like, they're too afraid to be made fun of by people on the internet and to be memed and all that stupid shit. It sounds weird, but I just think that they're, like, in this malaise because, oh, if we do shit that's just always really boring, then no one can make fun of it. Yeah. Like, I hope uh, everyone doesn't pop a huge chub, but we're going to be talking about Papa Shango, the Godfather, comma, the extreme fighting machine in a future episode. And say what you will about those early 90s, those motherfuckers were not afraid to be laughable. Like, people, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that in the next, in that episode. In that but. episode, but I think, no, but it's not afraid to be laughable now was the problem. Back then, what the problem was is that they were, they still had the hubris of beating WCW, which is how dare you think what I say is a bad idea. Yeah. We're bringing, this is all Vince McMahon becoming who he is now, which is like probably a guy with Alzheimer's. Like he's probably got no. It's worse than that. The Vince McMahon book will reveal he had Alzheimer's through this entire period. The Vince McMahon Last, book will like, reveal that he's years. essentially a puppet being operated by his daughter. Like Ooh. when they brought when they brought. Wait a minute, John just crossed his legs and put on a Stone Cold shirt. He's shooting from the hip, everybody. Yeah, do 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 do. 
Nice. Thank you. Um, when they brought DX back, which was this time, the 2005 oh, to 2007. Yeah. Christian DX. Uh, how you Stick it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got two words for you. Recycle, please. Everyone knows that Vince McMahon loves cock. Let's really send that home by it being an actual rooster. <laughs> Fuck you. If you are gay, that is bad. Sean, get off the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, give it to me. I have some opinions. Yeah. Drinking red wine is a sin. Remember, everyone, my eyes this way because of cocaine use, which I tell everyone was pills, but it wasn't. In other news, fuck you. <laughs> um, but the this driftiest eye in pro wrestling history. This is literally the guy, the guy who owned the company's son and his bet. What? Pause it. What you? <laughs> Can you close that door while I make this point? Ah, yeah. Ah, close the ah. John's about to say something more embarrassing than the <laughs> N-word. <laughs> um, what you basically had was the guy, the son-in-law of the guy who owns the company and his best friend, mad with power, thinking they knew exactly what they're doing. They, around this time also... Well, Michaels would always job to people. Here's the thing about that, though. No, he wouldn't always job to people. He would sort of job to people, but then do things like what he did to Hulk Hogan. Jobbed. I guess he... Well, the Hogan thing makes sense. No. That's unprofessional. No, 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 no. The Hogan thing makes sense because Hogan, like, if... I feel bad for Shawn Michaels Michaels, because Shawn Michaels thinks he's a bigger star than Hulk Hogan. Shawn Michaels is not a bigger star than Hulk Hogan. Shawn Michaels is one of the least well-drawing WWF champions ever. Unquestionably... Because this is this is the weird thing, though. Yeah, he's one of the least drawing blah, 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 right? He's number two, I think, behind Kevin Nash. Yeah, but he uh, is, if you're going to look at performers, he's right up there. Yeah. He's clearly a better performer than CM Punk. Clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. More people would, well, I would pay to see CM Punk wrestle more than I would pay to see Shawn Michaels wrestle. You'd pay to see CM Punk wrestle more than Shawn Michaels? Like, I w- I'm more inclined to pay money to watch CM Punk wrestle than I am to watch Shawn Michaels wrestle. Oh, I said the exact opposite. Yes. I, said he's, I said Shawn Michaels is better. I, I'm saying, I feel that that's what you're saying. I think I find I like CM Punk more than I like Shawn Michaels. I don't, but don't disagree with me. <laughs> Too bad. Um, No, but I mean, like, he's a better performer... But as far as like all the intangibles that make you want to watch somebody, I think CM Punk has more of them because he's more, he's more like, um, he's he he goes against the grain more. I know that sounds. Now that I'm saying it, it sounds like uh, he's West Forty Nine baby. But um, I don't know. He 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 came up against a lot more than Michaels did for some reason. Yeah, because Michaels literally was controlling the company, and for some reason Vince McMahon wants to fuck Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's a weird thing because Michaels is like, bizarrely, he's had all this leverage and stuff. Well, the dirty secret being he's pretty much the same size. No, he has a way better physique than CM Punk, I'm sure due to uh, injectos. Yeah. For sure, injecto. But um, it's very interesting because he's so small and he didn't, he didn't draw as well as Brett. It's also because it's also a, probably a weird loyalty thing in that if Sean had gone to WCW, yeah, yeah, that's true. It would have destroyed the company. It would have it would have ended the Fed. Yeah, because they could have they definitely he definitely could have gone. They came really close a few times, but never did it. Rubbed on the top of the pants. 
So this is the time where Triple H and him are controlling the company. And this is the time Triple H is like... Because John Cena's on his like legacy run now. But the thing about John Cena's legacy run now is that he's basically a 1A to the title. But when he gets to that title, he'll lose. Yeah. Because John Cena will lose. And he's like a team player that way. But he they keep him strong. Whereas Triple H would pedigree the champ... And then the champ would roll out of the ring, count out loss. He doesn't technically lose. And the champ would be like, oh, that was a close call. So Triple H always is the strongest character on the show. Like, he's never, ever really even in jeopardy. The only time during this period I could say, see Triple H actually being in jeopardy was there was a, a rated RKO beatdown angle they did of DX. There was actually, like, they actually beat them down. And I was astonished. Because usually it's like... It's just DX running rough shot. These fifty-year-old fucking men. It was that, a really that really was one bad time, time, but that I guess no, because this was also like Cena hadn't gotten them to the top as as they much as they wanted to, and Batista didn't really pan out like they wanted to, and Orton didn't pan out like they wanted to. So Cena's near the top because he's for the kids, but they're like, okay, what do we do for like shitbag white trash people? Let's bring DX back. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. It was also because this is WrestleMania twenty two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we got uh, so but w- with Punk's career, now he's essentially a high end jobber on ECW, which is fine, but that's fine to do in a promotion where there's not levels to it. Like if you look at ECW, is clearly the third rung on ECW SmackDown Raw. So now he's jobbing to people on ECW. Because I don't know what people's problem with. I'm assuming it's just because he was a fucking dink. He was a dink. He also didn't have a very good physique. There was a... a there was a bunch of things. Didn't necessarily have a very good physique. They also didn't really know how to fit him in. He was a bit problematic backstage. They move him over to Smackdown. Him as a baby face, I remember, was fucking boring. I'm just trying to get the chronology right of when does he leave ECW and get the money in the bank. I can't remember if it's one or the other. Um. All right. Well, 2007, he's gone from ECW. Uh, at WrestleMania 24, he wins money in the bank. But didn't he win it back to back? Yeah, he won it back to back. This is the one where he cashes in on Edge after Batista speared Edge. And then they still try and keep him a babyface somehow for that because Batista spears Edge, Edge is laid out, Punk comes down and is like really like hurry up, hurry up, get a ref in here. Yeah. Does it, wins, which just makes him seem like such a shitbag loser. And this is also, they put him in a tournament, the King of the Ring on a Raw, and he loses to William Regal because they're trying to hype up William Regal all of a sudden. Yeah, they, they like him. They have, uh, well, Triple H and Regal are a boost booths. But it's just weird because it that's all it is, right? It's all a lot it's all connections. Um and Punk really Punk just was a very talented man and didn't have any connections, which is his downfall, right? He didn't have any political allies, and he that's always have any an issue. Allies, but if he did, oh my god. He'd be a real kissable boy. CM Punk would be as bad or worse as Triple H if they had the exact same amount of power though. Yeah, it would just be Cole Cabana would be the Intercontinental Champion for the last 10 years. <laughs> Cole Cabana, Intercontinental Champion, Dylan Gott, Women's Champion? I think so. Um, 
So basically how they get the title off from the first time is they have, this is when Randy Orton is at his most breathing through his nose villainry. Kicks him in the fucking head and he can't compete. Gets it again. Beats Jeff Hardy. Uh, beat, ends up beating Jeff Hardy. Goes into the fucking best feud they have for a long time over. Are you a hard... Uh, who's better? The druggie or the straight-edge but this gentleman? Is the big, but this is the big thing where it's once again like... It was the Raven thing. I agree. No, 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 no. I was going to say this. Like he was on ECW when he first came in, he's on SmackDown now. No one's... the Triple H isn't there. There's no, like, real political obstacles for him. He's just on a TV show. They're like, oh, fuck, we need a heel for Jeff Hardy. Can you... Uh, can you be a heel? And he goes, yeah, baby. Is that what he said? He went... Yeah, oh, feel me. So, um, which leads to the straight edge. They solidly go over Jeff Hardy, though. I just want to talk about that. Like, that's another thing. That's a very important thing in wrestling that people aren't doing. (laughs) He solidly goes over Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy never comes back. Here's the important thing to remember: loser leaves town match, and he legitimately leaves town. There is one reason why they probably did that. Yeah, because Jeff Hardy's meth lab blew up. (laughs) Yeah, like. Jeff Hardy was pushing another angle where he talks about killing his brother's dog. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys will let my band play. You have a band? No. Oh, man. Triple H running wrestling sucked, but imagine Jeff Hardy ran wrestling. I love it. Just his band? Just the final deletion over and over again. He would come in WrestleMania. Also, remember this, everyone. Against Matt, and he would be naked covered in paint with a boner everyone know this final relation they're doing a sequel some fucking how even though it was supposed to be the final one because they're gonna run into the ground anyway um <laughs> again already have no they haven't uh, so we actually in a, the only in the last however many years the only Effective loser leaves town match in WWE history. Then he does the Straight Edge Society. Incorrect. There is one other effective loser leave town match. Which is? Let's see if you can guess. It involves uh, a former world heavyweight champion and someone who's dead. Ooh, what a hint. I'm going to say Jack Swagger and Nelson Mandela. Was I right? You were very close. It was Kurt Henning, Ric Flair. As we all know, Ric Flair is much like Nelson Mandela in that how Nelson Mandela freed many uh, South African from apartheid. Um, Ric Flair freed his dick from many a trouser for the purposes of fucking. Ric Flair, I'll tell you this. He's a lot like Nelson Mandela. Anyway, so the thing that was interesting about the Straight Edge Society is that it's, again, the introduction of Luke Gallows. Um in a very profound good role that he should always be used in as the perfect thug. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Molly Holly or is that someone different? I someone o- different. It's not Molly Holly? No, it's Serena Deeb. I always thought that was a Molly Holly. And um, Johnny Nitro. Or jo- no, yeah, it's Joey, Joey Mercury. Mercury. And fucking great. Fucking great. Evil, but in an interesting way. Essentially Raven's Flock. Great t-shirts. We'll have to say that. Um, and then a needless feud with the Big Show. What more do you want? And then the hallmark of every CM Punk thing, The Undertaker comes back and beats him for the title. Yeah, that's how you know you had a good idea that they brought the man who at that time wrestled 
twice a year? SmackDown as a brand really only existed for The Undertaker to get that title and or challenge for it at WrestleMania for a bit, though. For like two years, that was every. Will The Undertaker win the title? Can he defend the title? Blah, blah, blah. SmackDown was interesting in that there was a minute where it was so much better than Raw, and then they were just like, never let that happen again. Well, because what they do is SmackDown becomes good, and then for some reason, once again, this is one of the weirdest things about wrestling. For some reason, in Vince McMahon's mind, SmackDown is Nitro, I think. For some reason. Yeah, he's just decided that that's the competition. It's just weird. Anyway, so what happens is every so often, like if it's doing have a good run for a couple months, they come down and then render everything ineffective by making all the wrestlers in the other brand seem weak. Yeah. like Or like SmackDown... Like how SmackDown wrestlers could go to Raw, but Raw wrestlers would never go to SmackDown. Yeah, never forget wrestlers on this side. You're bitches. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they would come back and like, yeah, the SmackDown World Heavyweight Champion would lose to like the Intercontinental Champion on Raw or like how every year they would have like, oh, who won the money in the b- or whoever won the Royal Rumble gets to choose yeah. which title they would go after. It's like, well... I don't know. Is he going to go after the SmackDown one or make the right decision? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want to... I don't know. It's a really hard decision. Who do I face? The prestigious WWE title with Triple H or Kofi Kingston with this title they made up? Kofi Kingston in a match that appears to... Yeah, it's called the Kofi Sleeping. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Kofi want a nap nap. I'm just trying to look at who. So they basically go, I don't want to go angle for angle here because honestly. No, because basically Straight Edge Society leads into New Nexus, leads into leaving the Summer of Punk, leads into his last year. You can tell, oh, this is a man. We're now going to jump. I'm jumping over Summer of Punk. This man quit. This man quit. He claimed to have quit at Royal Rumble. He quit a good solid six months. But like middle of the Ryback feud. Didn't really give a fuck. Which is weird because the transition after the summer punk, they basically don't know what to do with him because they've robbed him of his new character. So they turn him into like John Cena 2.0 where he's like pretty obviously four children and it's becoming like, like they try and do with every character where they try and make them like sassy little insults. Like they've, they've tried to make everyone... Like they try to make everyone into John Cena, which is a character that most aren't of you the a real doesn't pumpkin like. pie? Yeah, exactly. Um, the one interesting thing here that they really drop the ball on is that the Shield is supposed to be brought in by CM Punk, which would then sort of close the door on I've brought these three guys to destroy all of my enemies. Yeah, and that he's a great superpower bad guy. But then they just don't do that. Then they're like, no, they work for themselves. Actually, what? Oh, that was the new Nexus. No, that's the Shield. No, I mean, I mean, that's part of the new Nexus. Uh, that's all linked? I get so confused. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that goes down. He leaves, has a staff infection, and everyone for a long time... Like, it's not... Re- you gotta think about it. They were fucking chanting for him for months. They thought he was gonna show back up. They essentially... Daniel Bryan got the title because the fans went into such an uproar... With CM Punk leaving, they were just like, well, we have no one left that we like except for this fucking guy. Make it him. No. Yeah, because Brian, yeah, Punk leaves after the Rumble and says he's never coming back. Correct. And then, yeah, Brian doesn't win. But the thing is, they made Daniel Bryan the previous year when Punk faced Undertaker. 
they made Daniel Bryan because that's when he loses to Sheamus in six seconds and people go insane. Yeah, people literally shit their pants. Yeah, n- nerds just nerd out. People use the N word in a way that was alarming. Mm. And no, we don't want Daniel Bryan to lose. Bri- and the other interesting thing I don't think I hear people talk about is how Daniel Bryan kind of stole the torch of CM Punk for being Dr. Internet. And I think, honestly, if you got to put them side by side, Daniel Bryan's better than CM Punk. Yeah, he's a better wrestler, not a better talker, even a little bit. But here's what I think. But here's what they should have done if they. Daniel kept- Bryan is in honest to God in 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 a real way. Daniel Bryan is as earnest as CM Punk. It's just that CM Punk's earnestness plays well into being a wrestling character because it's so over the top that you're like, oh, it's a character. And odds are, if you meet the dude from what I've heard in interviews with him and the energy he has through the screen like the guy pops through the screen for sure he's he's fucking great on camera but like he's probably the exact same in person just like daniel bryan is really like if it was the set like daniel bryan almost has a style of promo that's like the 70s it's like yes i'm here to wrestle you and uh please uh i just want it to be a fair fight but here that's exactly it is daniel bryan is essentially the indie hulk hogan it's like remember go out there do four burning hammers and a rolling Sakahari kick and try and not break your neck on the way down. Yeah. While CM Punk is essentially the Rowdy Roddy Piper of like, be crazy, loud, not actually a good wrestler. The one thing, and we're now getting into fantasy booking territory, but it would have been a very different situation if they had had CM Punk as a heel at the top working with Triple H and Daniel Bryan overcomes him or CM Punk returns after WrestleMania 30 and they could have had that program. I don't even have Triple H into it. It's very simple. CM Punk, I paved the way for you, Daniel Bryan. I've been here. I won the title. Blah, blah, blah. You don't deserve it. I'm the best wrestler. And you just pit their internet fans against each other. It's great. It's easy. You don't need Triple H. That's the thing that they do. And this is, once again, complaining about the current product. But why not? It's a CM Punk episode. That's the thing that they do so much that it's the worst. It's just get Triple H off TV, man. Absolutely, I was. It was no lovely him being up for five years, please, five years. And I know it's super. No, I'll say this: no McMahon's except for Vince sometimes, because you need Vince sometimes. He's gonna, he's gonna say motherfucker titties <laughs> on TV, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> Let's never forget this is a man who's been on television mm-hmm. for thirty years, and a man more than thirty. Forty years? Yeah, forty years. He's been on television. Yeah. This year, he said, fuck, <laughs> fuck. And it's so funny because I listened to a podcast after that or like a radio show, sorry, where they were like, I, I, it's weird. I guess they're going Attitude Era because uh, he should, he's probably not allowed to swear on TV. And then I saw and then I was like, oh, yeah, no, he he's an old man. He just went, fuck, I forget. No, he's forget. talking to his son. <laughs> CM Punk leaving. I don't think this is the end of CM Punk's wrestling career. I think he will be back. Well, what happened? What was the last thing that happened with CM Punk in a WWE ring? He got eliminated by Kane at the Royal Rumble. Yep. After, after having a Ryback feud that he says took years off of his life. And the Shield debuting. No, he was physically bested by Hornswoggle. That what? When was that? He had a little... That was in the Rumble. He's like, Hornswoggle, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then he like, 
Hornswoggle fucks him well, over. Well, Hornswoggle literally is the end of everything good. You know that? Have you ever watched that internet video where they're literally like, here's every good idea and here's how it ends in Hornswoggle? And they're like, oh, fuck. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Me, 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 me. We didn't even talk about him having the long streak with the title. That was great. Well, yeah, him we and Heyman was great. I didn't like that. I loved it. I didn't think he needed Heyman. I think it was like in a real way very stupid because you have two guys who they can really separately talk. eat up like on a two hour. Hey, the three hours yet with a on a two yeah, hour show. Still, they're three hours then. Yeah, on a three-hour show, they could separately eat up probably 20 minutes of good TV, and you've basically condensed them into 10 minute, ten to 5 minutes each week, um, which is I think is silly. But yeah, I mean, him and Heyman was fucking fantastic. That's the thing. He would always find a way to like do good work. Like, Straight Edge Society, uh, Pipe Bomb, him and Heyman, um, even like the ECW stuff with some of it was good work like the hardy feud obviously i think what do you think the golden age of cm punk is because i'm gonna have to say smackdown heel champion mm. heel yeah, champion in the straight, straight edge society because that's when he could do it like it was like a big indie not like a big indie but it was like it was just a company that was like well you're the best so we have to go with you and then he got too big and then they brought him to raw and then and then and then then yeah it's in the end, he's a guy that he's he's good as a he's the he's the Rowdy Piper to a good Hulk Hogan, and they just never were gonna let him be the Rowdy Piper to John Cena's Hulk Hogan in the way that he should have been. But the other thing that Piper did is just refuse the job. Yeah, the other thing is that Piper was also crazy. Yeah, Piper would flop around, but he's not gonna job. No, you're not pinning Piper. But versus like that's the thing. Roddy Piper brought up in 1970s pro wrestling where it's like wins and losses. People keep track of this and it's real. Yeah. CM Punk brought up in indie wrestling where it's like if you don't want a job, you're a dick like those old guys. So he'll job anytime they want to his detriment. I guarantee. I wonder if someone has made a tally of the wins and losses on CM Punk's WWE. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. Wins and losses for his WWE record, and I'd be surprised if he won more than he lost. I really would be. Because the way they would do it and the way they do it now is... Oh, my God. There is something called ProFight TNDB. ProFight TNDB. What's which that? Is the, which is the home of the Internet Wrestling Database. We'll log on to that. Uh, and afterwards, he's done... In I mean, w- I'm not a big comic book fan, so I'll just kind of skim over this. But he has... Obviously, we know the Cole Cabana podcast uh, where he accuses basically WWE doctors of malpractice. You are wrong. This is over all of his run. Okay. 425 wins. Okay. 31 draws. Okay. 245 losses. That's a pretty good record. Yeah. Well, now... uh, Now What is this website called? Internet Wrestling Database, and you can find it under ProFightDB.com. Internet Wrestling Database, ProFightDB.com. Congratulations, everybody. My life is ruined, and so was yours. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone. Let's yeah. see what Golga's record was. That's. I was literally going to be like, I wonder what um, the insane clown posse's record is. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get back on track here. Uh, so we all know, well, I'm assuming if you're listening to this one, uh, CM Punk was fired on his wedding day. 
uh, via fax. By accident. Couldn't get his residual check. Still hasn't gotten it. Now is going into the UFC where... You believe he will lose. What if... (laughs) If Mickey Gall wins, how soon is Mickey Gall in WWE developmental? As fast as Vince McMahon can get him in there. Because I'll say this about Mickey Gall. He's a big guy. I don't know if you've seen the man who CM Punk's fighting, but... That's a big motherfucker. He He's is a big boy, yeah. 6'3", 170. And I understand, oh, 170 pounds, you guys are thinking, if you're not familiar with UFC, that means like 170 pounds, that's that's kind of skinny. Um, there is a guy, Matthew Riddle, who was 170 pounds fighting the UFC, who uh, recently became pro wrestler. And I think with him working out, is now up to like 230, 240. And is a spectacular wrestler as well, which is he's on the come up. So uh, yeah, and then he's been writing comic books. Honestly, I kind of like the fact that he's just he's just an old retired nerd now. Yeah. Well, who doesn't talk to his family at all for reasons that will never be discussed. Yeah. You know, it was there was some diddling to somebody. He for sure got fucked. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Hope you were sitting down, Dylan. CM stands for Cock Munch Punk, and the punk is his dad. He sucked his dad's dick. I'm going to say this. This was our most informative podcast about... And we closed on the revelation that CM Punk was molested. (laughs) And the fact that we did the most informative breakdown of a wrestler everyone on the internet knows the most about. (laughs) Literally a guy who came up with message boards who... People are going to correct us on his resting heart rate during a run of his run. Yeah. It's going to be... You understand that it was 426, not 425? How do you know? I counted the matches. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get on Internet Database, baby. All right. So uh, what's your best thing about CM Punk? I think it's probably that it's your mom. No. Uh, best thing about CM Punk? He's not my fucking mom. He's your fucking mom. Oh, I fucked your mom. No, you didn't. Yep. Nope. That's how you were born. <laughs> no, you're not my dad. Yeah. My dad's name is Steven. I was a no years old baby and I fucked your mom. And no, you didn't. Her you didn't fuck her. Because that's how babies are made. You, you didn't. Girl's titties and no, you didn't. You didn't do any of that. That's not true at all. What's the best thing about CM Punk, John? Talker. Best talker of the last 10 years. Oh, he talks. That's best the- promo, you fuck. Best thing you can come up with is talking. Oh, yeah. he's good at talking. We're all good at talking. He's very good at talking. Check he's this out. Can I get a medium coffee? That's good at talking. <laughs> no, it's not good at talking yeah. at all. This is good at talking. Talking it a bit. Robot powering down. Blowjob now for uh Why are you doing an impression of yourself? Man. Nope. That's you. That's not me at all. Yeah, I have, it is. I have passion and verve, which is why I have a voice passion agent. Passion and verve. And you are represented and verve. by no one. Passion and verve, eh? Yeah. Oh, John. Yes, Dylan. Are you talking to a mirror? No. Mirror. You're talking to a mirror. All the bad things you say, you're saying about yourself is what I mean. <laughs> the best thing about CM Punk for me is, uh, <laughs> it sounds weird, but I like how he changed little things about his look. Good one, Dylan. Yeah, everyone changes their look over time. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he would sometimes he'd have a beard, sometimes he'd have a mustache. You turn in, you don't know what facial hair. Yeah, you tune in raw. Sometimes he's going to have his hair parted to the right. Sometimes it's parted to the left. Sometimes it's long, and other times it's short. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, from the way he... From the way... I mean, I don't know the man. And uh, What? I'm going to throw this out there. I probably never will know the man personally. But from the way 
from what I've judged from him, from like I don't know, seeing dudes like that around in at least kind of half that way in comedy, um, I think his commitment. I think he really did honestly try over and over again. He would get tired of it and he would get pissed off, and he obviously cared a lot and he really cared, and it led to some really good work. So I think his commitment is another thing that was really great about him. Because if you think about it, like, the guy wrestled for 15 years. Like, that's a career. Absolutely. I would. He I, got it at exactly the right time. His commitment is really great. And he's a good representative for pro wrestling as an art form. He's an inter- Yes, he's an interesting representative, I would say. You can talk to that guy. Like, you can put that guy on, t- on a regular TV show or interviewed and you can get that oh all wrestlers aren't dumb meatheads because this guy clearly isn't on steroids because that's the catch-22 with wrestling is either people are like oh they're all on steroids or oh i could beat that guy up he's smaller than me so cm punk really is like the first step into them rebranding what wrestling is as like i don't know maybe like Maybe back in time a bit, but also forwards. Because he's... You put that guy on TV, no one's going to fucking tell you, oh, this guy is... Uh, this guy's on roids or whatever. Because he's clearly... He's just like a norm... Not a norm... He's an a bigger than average, mind you, in shape guy, you know? He's like probably a bit over 200 pounds, obviously. 6'2". You know? Worst thing about CM Punk, Dylan? The worst thing about CM Punk, I think... I mean, he's overrated as a wrestler. We could say that. I think it's the way he... I think he's really, really overrated in the ring. I think out of the ring... I think how his promos are and shit is actually underrated. And just how good he was at kind of getting you interested in a match. I just think that he... People have this vision of him as being like a Bret Hart or like a Shawn Michaels or a Flair, and he's just not. He's a good worker, but he's not. In that he's better than all of them put together? You're right. You know who he's... Yeah, he's like... He tried real hard, and he's 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 a really good worker, and he's had some really good matches, but he's not like the best. He's not like Jericho level, you know? So that's it. I I don't like the way he retired. I think the worst thing about him is that he will always be the guy who walked out will be the Bruno San Martino when he does come back, which he will at some point. It Step just won't man's look. kid's going to DDT him. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's going to get his he, fucking Declan McMahon is going to fucking do the GTS to him. I don't think that'll happen just because I think when he comes back, he'll come back like Triple H does or like Brock does and he'll do one-off matches. You, I don't think he's. You are with me that he is coming back at some point, though, right? Yeah, but he's coming back in five years when all this shit's died down, and he's gonna come back for like at one match a year. You know? Yeah, he'd be like Jericho, but with better tattoos. I'll tell you who else is. He'll come back and he'll demand to beat Triple Triple H in a match, and he will, and that'll be there. If Triple H is still wrestling in five years. Fuck me. If he will, for sure. Triple H Triple H looks great, by the way. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Okay. Alright, look at the members of the clique. 
Look at Triple H. Doesn't count. He wins. No, that's just simply who here didn't drink the 90s away? That one guy. Good point. That's literally saying you look the best out of a John, bunch of bags down. of shit. I will not sit down. Why would, John, how sit would down. you stop crying? How would John, you stop crying? I'm not crying. You are crying right now. You're looking into a mirror. No, You're crying. Not, that's you. Yeah, that's a mirror. <laughs> That's a mirror. You're looking in a mirror. The you You're can't standing say- up crying, looking into a mirror. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I am in Barbados. This is on Skype. It is on Skype, but you're not in Barbados. You're for some reason in Syria. Oh, sorry, Barbados, because that's what uh, my pet name is for your mama. I fuck your mom. <laughs> you don't. Yep. What's my mom's name? Meredith. Not even fucking close. Meredith. QT Hastings, because she a bit of a QT. <laughs> oh fuck oh, you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that's the worst thing about CM Punk is he's there like, is no mom sucking my dick <laughs> right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was the longest ever episode of the Wrestler Review. If you stuck with us, we're sorry for no more jokes. But tune in next week. Luthez. For a man that actually was, I think, our funniest episode. If not, the most about butt sex that you could cram into about a man who's been dead. <laughs> cram in and butt sex guys that's another butt sex joke please come into the re- come into the wrestler review and buy a candy bar of wrestling review and uh catch up with us during the week and we'll talk about which ro- profile wrestling profile what's a profile i uh, my mind stopped working because i talked too much about the industry john <laughs> i love you all please come to my house and kiss me mm. oh yeah oh yeah that's on my dick. That's on my dick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kissing your own dick, John? Yeah. I'm yeah. sucking my own pubes. Oh, <laughs> suck those pubes. John Cena, while you, you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar, and he split, just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. 
I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet, no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Oh, and hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at five in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th, and hell, who knows, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still gonna pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's gonna keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's gonna make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's gonna tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's, it's gonna get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? Do we do this whole bully campaign?